0: Welcome, everybody, to Gv Music Podcast. You can watch the video version on our Instagram page. Episode number five. Cynthia Luna Frost. Hello everyone, Cynthia Luna-Frost from Sweden is joining us today.
1: Hello everyone! Welcome to our show,
0: it's already the fifth episode of our video podcast. Cynthia Luna-Frost, can you please tell us a few words that best describe you as a personality?
1: Oh wow, my personality. I would say that something that describes me very well is that I'm a creative artist and a very fantasy-based and inspired writer. I'm different than most people and people usually say that you're crazy. So I've kind of taken that as my own. You should take it as a compliment, I believe. Yeah, I take it as a compliment. My favorite saying that has ever been noticed or recorded is from Salvador Dali, the famous surrealist painter and He said that the difference between me and a madman is that the madman thinks he's actually sane. I know I'm not. I am insane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Can you tell us how you became a writer?
1: I became a writer because of my love for creating, really. Um, I've always had a fascination with literature, literature like The Divine Comedy by Dante, The Rime of the Ancient Mariner by Samuel Coleridge. And the whole Lord of the Rings okay. uh, book series, as well as the Harry Potter series and everything. And I, was, I decided at a young age that I, I, I should be writing, because that gives me an outlet for all these creative uses that I have going on in my head. So when I was 12 years old, I started figuring out the idea and the concept for what is today known as Atria, the land that Snowy Use music is based upon.
0: You started from uh, music, or you started uh, from lyrics, originally?
1: I initially started from uh, just plain ideas in my head that, okay, this would be a very good thing to write about. Because as a child, I had a very rough upbringing in school and everything. I was bullied and all that stuff that you go through in grade school. Oh. And because of that, I saw a way to escape from reality. And oh. because of my wish to escape reality, I figured out that, oh, If I make up a fantasy world where I'm no longer the bullied person, but I'm actually someone who is valued and treasured by most of the populace, maybe, yes, maybe I can feel a little bit better about myself. I can at least feel confident in myself and my abilities in this dream and fantasy world instead of being locked in a real world where I'm more or less just a social outcast.
0: Let me ask you about your name. Cynthia Luna Frost. Did you create this name?
1: I didn't really create it. It was just... Cynthia is something that I've had in my mind ever since I was a kid. Uh, I changed my name in 2019 when I came out as transgender, obviously, because I had another name back then that I don't want to say or speak about because it's not me. I usually say that before i came out as transgender i was just an actor playing a role and wearing a mask on a stage these days i'm not i've removed the mask and i'm myself i'm cynthia luna frost so cynthia has been with me since a young age luna is a name that i was given or not given but a friend of mine a very good friend of mine suggested that name as a middle name and frost is an homage to my love of winter, the cold, and also to Snow IU in that regard.
0: Tell us about your band. You started as a single songwriter or you started a band uh, with your friends?
1: I actually started out with writing basic lyrics and basic titles. Uh, titles have been one of my uh, main ways to uh, figure out themes and lyrical ideas and everything. I started out doing that on my own, but when I was 12 years old, I figured out, okay, I'm gonna form a band. We're gonna take over the world. (laughs) Like every teenager does, you know. This was the year before I became a teenager. But at the age of 13, I brought together a couple of people and more or less decided that, okay, Snow IU is now gonna be a reality. Because before then, it was merely me and my ideas, and I formed a band around that and an idea around that. Brought in some people, the year after that, and started rehearsing these uh, a couple of covers. And after we realized, okay, there's more to the music than just covers, we got to write our own material. These people decided to leave the band because of high school, college, work, etc. So the band was put on hold for many years in between two thousand and nine and two thousand and fifteen, where I was more or less going solo with. Creating this concept and this world that I've been creating all over this time, until 2015, where I got a new chance to bring in new members into the band. So in the autumn of 2014, I brought in a guitarist and a drummer, and we started rehearsing and writing our own material, and we set out on the road in January of 2015. And that's pretty much the unofficial start of the band, so to say. The official start is still in 2008, because that was when I initially formed the band.
0: You obviously like heavy music. Uh, Why did you choose uh, this particular genre? How that happened?
1: That's so tough to answer Um, I would say that Rock music has always been a staple in my life. Honestly Um, ever since I was a little kid I remember my most vivid memory from just rock music overall was back in Oh, wow, I can't even say what year, but I was very young, I think around two to four years old or something like that. And my mom played one of these albums by the band Magnum from the UK called Vigilante. And I fell for that album just like that. And ever since then, I've explored more and more in music. And when I came upon Iron Maiden as a young kid... I fell in love with the sound. Yes, the distorted guitars and heavy drums and everything, and the screaming vocals and everything. And I I felt like, hey, if they can do it, so can I. Why shouldn't I be able to do this? And I slowly found my way into heavy metal. And nowadays, I'm more active in heavy power and symphonic metal mainly.
0: Is uh, metal uh, music uh, popular now in Sweden?
1: I would say metal music is very popular in Sweden. I mean,. We have bands like Ghost these days, who are now an arena band I've been following them since 2010, Candlemass, Hammerfall, Evergrade, there are quite a lot of bands from Sweden that are metal bands that are really big in the world, and um, I would say that the community itself is thriving, it's just, it's kind of segregated in my opinion, because I'm living in suburban Sweden, and the country of Sweden is a very long country. If you check on a map, you know, and most of the metalheads that I know are from Gothenburg and Stockholm, and that's about three to five hours away from where I'm at. And we only have had until this year, we've only had a Sweden Rock Festival being the main uh, gathering point for all the metalheads where we gather and we celebrate metal for four to five days. And then everyone goes home, stays home for the rest of the year, and then we gather the next year again. So.
0: You also run your own festival, right? Correct. It's local in Sweden, right?
1: It's a local festival to my hometown, actually. Um, Tell us
0: a little bit about it, about your festival.
1: Well, I founded Snowfest in 2016 with the local uh, council of state and my commune, where we sat together and we discussed, like, there's been a, a pandemic of festival death that has been coming over us the last couple of yeah, the last decade really or the last two decades, if you're really going to go back. But since the early 2000s, there's been a plague where all the festivals have been canceled. They've gone bankrupt. They've gone all over the place and all canceled and all that stuff. So I decided in 2016 that as an answer to this, I would start my own festival just for the local bands to have a chance to play on the best stage in town and be able to bring the music to an even bigger crowd. Since we had a big festival here, uh, I think it shut down in 2014, 2016. I can't remember exactly on the top of my head. We had a very big festival. There were a lot of people who came down to my town because of it. And it got canceled. So this was my response to that one to rebuild in some way a festival for the local musicians. And since 2016, I've hosted a festival four times. I've hosted it 2016 spring and in the winter of 2016. 2017, I took a hiatus from it just yes, because I felt that I did two last year. I might not do one this year because I had some personal issues as well that I needed fixing beforehand. In 2018, which was the 10-year anniversary of Snowayu, my band, I decided that we're going to host a birthday celebration for Snowa Hue at the festival. So that was the third edition. Last year, I held the fourth edition, where I brought in an even bigger headline than I brought in before the previous years to showcase that the festival is growing and we're thriving. And there's a lot of people coming out to actually see the bands that are performing. And this year I was aiming for an even bigger headline and I had a perfect lineup ready and everything. I was just putting them all out there. The same week as the government came out with the issue that okay, no more than fifty people may gather at the same place, I was going to announce the headline. So currently, it's on hold, and I'm going to move the festival probably until next year, since we don't know when this coronavirus crisis is coming over.
0: I see. Speaking about like business, uh, business-wise, why is it important for a band to join the festival? What's the outcome? What's the What's the benefit?
1: I would say that the most important benefit that you can get from joining the festival is really to actually network with re- all the other bands. Considering I'm bringing in bands from all over the local area that I'm in, you decide yourself, the entire you county. Decide, you
0: decide who's joining your festival. You're the decision maker.
1: Yeah, I'm the general and the festival director. So yeah, I take make all the decisions except for the ones that are up to the venue, of course, because that's the venue's decisions. But everything regarding the festival is up to me and the lineup is usually it usually goes like this I choose which fans get to play there. I contact them. You can't contact me That's always been in the past, but this year I've opened the floodgates because I wanted some new fresh blood in the festival so to say But to go back to the initial question about the, the biggest benefit is really the networking because if you have a lot of bands at the same place you can network a lot I know for a fact, though, that most new bands, new acts, whatever you want to say, they're not the best at networking. I know this from experience playing in my own band and everything. You come to the venue, you sit in your own little corner, you play your gig, and then you leave without talking to the other bands. That's what I want to get away from, because if you're not talking to people, how are you going to grow? If you're a business, you need to have contacts. This is a perfect opportunity to get those contacts. And if you're not taking the chance, well, shame on you. That's your loss.
0: People from the industry, not just uh, bands, uh, but uh, like record
1: labels, they also uh, can come to this uh, festival? Yeah, of course. I've actually in the past invited journalists, music reviewers. I've even invited other festival directors and stuff to the festival just so they can get me on the radar to see like, okay, there's a small festival in that town over there. Maybe we should check it out if there's a band there that we want to book on our festival. So I'm inviting pretty much anyone to come to Snowfest as long as you have an open mind and you don't like come there just to get drunk and start a fight.
0: I know that you are also into modeling business, right? Correct. Why do you like it? How that happened?
1: I usually say that. The reason I wanted to go into modeling, I wanted to do this for a lot of time and a lot of years back. So I decided that whenever I came out as Transgender last year, in February of last year, I decided that, okay, now is the time for me to actually start modeling proper, because I've been on the stage for so long now. I've been playing over a hundred shows in the last five years with Snow Are I felt that now is the time for me to start the modeling. In proper and full. Now that I feel confident enough to be out publicly as transgender, I feel that my confidence is on such a good level that I can actually pose in front of the camera and be happy and confident in what I see as the result from the photo shoot.
0: Being a model is not only being confident, it is also a way to express yourself, right?
1: Yeah, correct. And I feel that I can do that very well in modeling simply because. When I'm modeling, I usually change up the different outfits and everything that I'm wearing for different shoots. I change the backdrop. We go to different locations and stuff. And whenever I'm actually modeling in front of the camera, whatever I'm wearing and whatever setting we're in expresses a certain mood and a certain atmosphere and a certain aspect of my own personality, I feel. For example, if we were supposed to do a Halloween-themed shoot with a very gothic background, maybe a gothic shirt or something like that, And I would be, like, all dressed up in a full gothic ball gown or something like that. That would be a way for me to express my gothic side, where I may not be able to do that on the stage. Because on the stage, I don't go for the gothic aspect of my personality. I go a little bit more for the outward, so to say, my expressive kind of personality. I have a darker side. I have a more laid-back side, and I have my stage side, so to say, and I usually like to mix the three, but when I'm modeling, I can express either one of them in a perfect setting, and I can feel confident in what I'm doing while I'm doing it. So it's a form of creativity, a form of therapy, I would say as well, because it's so good to actually do these photo shoots and see the results and just say to yourself, you did a good job on this one. What do you usually do with your pictures? You post them on your website or you sell them? I'm doing everything with them. I'm posting them on my social medias, my Facebook and Instagram, where they uh, on Instagram these pictures have exploded. (laughs) They've gone viral with over 10,000 hits and stuff. And on Facebook I have put them in a separate model portfolio. I've also put them on several model agency websites like Model Mayhem and such where I'm looking for agencies, photographers, and collaborations. I've also put them on Patreon, where I sell these sets, so to say, to the public. If you want to support my career, you can buy a model set, so I can give you something in exchange for your monetary support to help me further my career.
0: Speaking about Patreon, you know, for people who don't know what Patreon system uh, really is, uh, based on your experience, can you describe it to us? How does this
1: system work? Oh, wow, I am NOT the person to ask when it comes to Patreon really, but I can do my best to give my free sense well, of saying you've thing. had some it, experience,
0: right?
1: Yeah, well Patreon is a crowdfunding site where you can sign up to support a specific creator For example, if you would support me, you would support me with a certain amount per photo shoot I do and every time I publish a new photo shoot you would receive a certain amount of pictures, depending on how much you pledge to my cause. If you pledge $3, for example, you will get up to 15 pictures. If you go one step further and pledge $5, you will get 25 pictures. And if you go for $10, you would get a full set, which could be anywhere between 30 to 50 pictures for the modeling that I've done from that photo set. And you will also get access to certain perks and stuff that are not available to the general audience who are not supporting you on those platforms. For creators, you should know that Patreon does charge a fee for every transaction that you do and every pledge that you get in. So if someone pledges for example ten dollars they will take two dollars something like that from the pledge as a fee for you using so not the platform on the
0: monthly basis and but right away
1: right yeah, you can do a monthly basis as well if you want to. I'm using the system where, I charge you per photo shoot, I do, not on a monthly basis, because I can't put on a new photo shoot every month currently. And therefore, I don't want to charge you every month for content that you may or may not get. I would rather charge you, in that case, for content that I know you will get and you will actually like. Because they have two PayPal paying systems. You can charge per month, and you get billed at the start of every month for your donation amount, which is... 510 or whatever dollars you want to short charge so to say, or you can charge per creation which is what I'm doing Which is the old system where you sign up and whenever the creator posts something new You get charged at the first of the month if you're pledged for a certain tier and you get that new creation whatever the uh, Bill has gone through and the and the bill has been paid so to say
0: What is your goal in life now like major goal? What do you want to achieve?
1: I did have a manager a couple of uh, months back, uh, I don't have that manager now currently because I'm on my own, but this person told me that I can see you standing on walk in open air on one of the big stages in five years' time if you continue like this. So that's something that I have in mind. Can I do it? Can I not? What says I can't, really? So walk in open air in five years, that's a big goal of mine. If I can't reach it well, I will work my hardest to get there one day because I know how hard it is to break through in this industry in this day and age, because there is so much new music out there. But I feel that I have what it takes knowledge-wise, and I also have what it takes just with sheer things going for me. I have an image, I have my own personality, I have my own loyal fan base already. So I don't see a reason why I wouldn't be able to do it. It's just that I need to tie together some knots and work some loose ends together to make it all happen, so to say. So that's my main goal in the next five years, if possible. If not, well, we'll see where I get in those five years, but I've had one hell of a ride during the time that I've been aiming for that goal.
0: Well, good for you. We wish you good luck with your major goal. Thank you. (laughs) I'm sure you have what it takes. Well, thank you, Cynthia, for joining us for this conversation today. We wish you good luck with your projects, with your modeling projects, with your music projects, with your single projects, any projects that you want to pursue.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure.